smartest man alive! You're gonna die, clown! Now that's what I call high quality a tool. I'm Scuba Sam! Scuba Steve's father! We eat the pig and then together we burn! Well, I have a microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Billy Gilmore podcast, uh, the podcast for uh, the discerning Adam Sandler fan, uh, the show for the fan of the Sandman. Uh, my name is Wilson Smith, and I'm joined, as always, by... Hi, this is Chris Giles. And Austin Culp. And we're so excited to be recording this episode. We're so excited to be sharing this with all of you. Um, this is the first one that we have recorded since the uh, holiday season in 2019. We're in 2020. Brave New Year. Um, hopefully it's as good to uh, to all of us as 2019 was to Adam Sandler. Um, and there's actually been a fair amount of stuff that has happened uh, since, uh, since we last recorded. Uh, and it pretty much all pertains to Uncut Gems. Um, but since we have spoken, uh, you know, we'll just run down uh, the... The news real fast before we get into our topic of conversation. Um, so, Uncut Gems was released in two theaters, um, and when we recorded our episode on that film, I know we had, I think, I believe it had released in New York and L.A., and we talked about like it had done very well. But our, you know, our guest pointed out to us like, well, that's a, it's a, it's a movie for film people. Like, it's a movie, for, like, it's a New York movie, and it's a movie for like film folks in Hollywood. So, like, of course, you know, it makes sense it would do well there. Uh, and we've certainly seen movies that will do very well in those like very you know limited markets, coastal markets, and then sort of like die you know once it's introduced to middle America. But those movies didn't have Adam Sandler in them mm-hmm. because Uncut Gems opened wide on Christmas Day, and it is well on its way to being A twenty four's biggest financial hit uh, in their in their that company's history. What would be the current number one? For that current title? number one is Great. Lady Bird. Sure, that makes sense. I believe Lady Bird is at forty nine. And Hereditary is at 44, Okay, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so, and right now, I mean, as of, as of like last weekend, Uncut Gems had 39. So there's, unless it, I mean, unless they pulled it from theaters this weekend, mm. I feel like there's almost no chance it would not surpass, at very least Hereditary, but probably Lady Bird as well. I, re- I saw uh, Gems again uh, last week, and it was like a... Like matinee, m- m- middle of the day screening, weekday, and um, it was well attended. Um, yeah, it's um, it's. I mean, and, I, and we also admittedly live in like an Austin, Texas, Alamo draft house bubble. You know, like great movie town, and what plays well here doesn't play well everyone else. But the money is also talking. So this movie's doing well. It's really cool, and because I would not exp- I when you first told me those numbers, I was like, wait, what? Are you sure? Like that? I it, it's great. I mean. It's like, it, well, it's crazy too because like it's it's one of those things where you know now in retrospect, you know, I feel like you'll talk to people or like I, I feel like going forward the line will be like, well, of course it did well, mm-hmm. you know. But it's like, I mean, we we have several we have many episodes of a podcast where we discussed this movie before we saw it and before it was released to testify that it was very much like a oh like are people going to go for this like what's what's the reaction going to be like and even i mean you could totally see it being like a punch drunk i mean yeah adam sandler has had this in his career where it's right. like a punch drunk love that gets great critical notices and you know probably you know does well in a limited release and then when they re- try to release it like an adam sandler movie it just dies and I, and part of me wonders how much the success of uncut gems has to do with the the fact that 
it's not that Adam Sandler's not been working. He's obviously been doing all these Netflix films and working with No Baumbach and all that stuff. But, you know, this is the first Meyerowitz stories I really don't really want to count right now because that was like a token theatrical release for Netflix mm-hmm. um, in like two theaters. Um, so barring that, this is the first theatrically released Adam Sandler movie since Pixels in 2015. So four and a half years after he had graced the big screen. And, you know, you figure everyone's getting their fill of him on Netflix. But, you know, it's like it's just I think it feels like this like kind of perfect storm of like he's been gone from theaters for a while he has this, you know, he has this sort of role where everyone is like, it's almost like now there's this delineation. It's like, oh, he's in a movie in theaters. That's different from his Adam Sandler movies that are on Netflix. And it's got such great reviews that I think that just like the way that it's supposed to when you do a platform release, I think it just like so built the buzz where like people on the people in the middle of the country were like hearing you know, oh, Adam Sandler's in this movie that's supposed to be, he's supposed to be great in it, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be really good, and I think that, like, brings people out. Yeah, the 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 only, the thing that's interesting now is that, like, people are coming out to see it, and it's, like, really dividing audiences, yes. like, between, there's, like, I think the cinema score is, like, pretty low. C+, plus, which is quite low for a cinema score. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that anything less than a B is, like, quasi-disastrous. Like, basically, they're, because basically cinema score is telling you, is telling what I have heard is that Cinema Score is telling uh, the company, people who fill out Cinema Scores, it's basically were their uh, expectations satisfied by the movie? Gotcha. Now, God knows what people's expectations for this movie are, um, but it seems as though, yes, like you said, Austin, it's very divisive. Um, having said that, there's the, you know there are times I speak from experience here. There are times when a bad Cinema Score can really kneecap you at the box office and it's like oh you're not gonna like oh hopefully you made all your money opening weekend because if the audiences are disliking your movie then they're not going to come back but there are cases in which and usually they're horror movies because horror movies notoriously get bad cinema scores but there are cases in which that doesn't really matter and the movies will still continue to make money hereditary also by a24 was a similar case where it made it had like a c or maybe even a d cinema score and everyone was like, well, it's done. And then that movie just cleaned up. Like, mm-hmm. people kept going to see it. So I think, um, for whatever reason, I I, I can't, re- I have no inside info as to why the cinema score is what it is. And yet it hasn't, like, fall- it hasn't, like, dropped off dramatically money-wise. Like, it, it, it it's kind of just kept, I mean, I was reading something, I was reading something on Deadline.com about, like, sold-out screens, like, in the middle of the country. Like, just crazy shit. Yeah, like, it was, I went to it in Amarillo, which is, like, pretty... You know, not not the Austin like audience here. Yeah, very. This is a red state. Red state traditional audience, and I went. Let's see. It opened on Christmas. Oh, I went on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! And it was like eighty people for a four o'clock screening, wow. which is not bad. I mean, I only saw one. Uh, you know, septuagenarian couple walk out. Probably mm. about 25, 30 minutes into it. And then one 25-year-old kid just sitting on his phone <laughs> for, like, most of the movie. And then as soon as uh, as soon as soon the 
bet is happening with the Mohegan Sun. That put his he put his phone away then. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was pretty well attended. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see it in Georgia? No. So I still it's it's driving me insane. I'm gonna have to go this week. I have still not seen it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see anything when I was home for Christmas. Um, but interesting about my time home in Georgia and Alabama is that as the designated only person in my family who was into really into movies, uh, and my family not really knowing how else to interact with me socially you know when i get we get together they ask about movies and so i always find like when i go home for christmas i find it interesting almost like taking the pulse of a certain kind of moviegoer when like based on what they ask me about Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's a generic like well have you seen the big oscar movies or whatever but more specifically like for example last year Many people in my family asked me what I thought about A Star is Born, the Bradley Cooper <laughs> film. And I was like, oh, so this is a film that that told me if I didn't already know it, that like, oh, that film has like penetrated like that movie is like a big hit. And people think of it as a really good movie, not just as like a movie they saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year, the and I don't mean to compare these movies in any other way, shape or form. It just was funny to me. The two movies that I got asked about the most by my family were Joker and Uncut Gems. Uh. And it was for Joker. It was like, you know, in both cases, it was like, have you seen them? Mm-hmm. Um, and with Uncut Gems, it was just like, oh, I've heard great things about this. So th- I found that very curious. And like all these, but like a lot of members of my family, because they've been promoting it on like Sports Center and like Adam Sandler's really been out there doing the press rounds. Like they had heard of it. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. just like a, you know, it wasn't like a thing that it just sort of snuck into th- wide release with no promotion like you know my family were like oh i hear that adam sandler thing is very good yeah and i mean like it's obviously a different movie for him people going like like fans of the movie that we're discussing tonight going to see uncut gems might be like i imagine surprised but like as let's say abrasive as uncut gems is it's not that abrasive it's very entertaining mm-hmm. it's a very entertaining and funny movie and sandler is funny in it like it's like it's this isn't like Let's say like Hunger Games fans going to see Mother, <laughs> right? Yeah, a hundred percent. It's not. It's not that. In that case, mm-hmm. I understand the cinema score F. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though I like that movie very mm-hmm. much, but like, uh, but it, this isn't like. Yeah, this is obviously a bold, interesting new direction for Sandler, but it's also a, a still like not. I imagine this should be too hard of a thing to chew on. Right. Yeah. The weird thing. I was actually talking with a friend a couple of nights ago, and they and at the table, someone was like. Not like not towards me, but just asking that person because they had seen both Joker and they had seen Uncut Gems, and someone posed the question to them, "Which one would you go see again?" Like mm-hmm. they were both this kind of movie that just leaves you in such a downer state, down movie that you would never want to see again. And I'm surprised they chose Joker because that piece of shit. <laughs> I hate that fucking movie. We'll have That's to say that for our Joker cast, yeah. but um, it is interesting <laughs> to talk about though. Um, <laughs> a, like a friend came in at Vulcan the other day, and we and we hadn't seen each other in a little bit. We were catching up on movies, and she was like, "Oh, did you see Uncut Gems?" I was like, "I did. I seen it twice. It's so good." She's like, "Yeah, I haven't." Just that trailer kind of like put me in a bad mood, and like uh, and like I found it just like stressful and upsetting. I'm like, "Well, then maybe don't see it." Yeah, I can't lie to you. <laughs> if you found that like just like those two minutes unpleasant, then that movie's not gonna like win you over. Yeah, uh, which is fine. Um, the uh, so yeah, I mean it's it's it's. I feel like everyone. I, I mean the movie's been succeeding beyond most people's like wildest dreams. I mean it'll end up with 
north of $50 million just domestic, which is, I mean, it'll be the highest, highest grossing A24 film. Um, and I mean, so far be, I mean, that's, that's more money than funny people made. Mm -hmm. That's more money than, um, I mean, like that's more money than that's my boy made. Like they're they're like actual Adam Sandler. I mean, Funny People's an edge case, but they're actual Adam Sandler movie, quote unquote, Happy Madison, Adam Sandler movies that aren't going to make, that didn't make what Uncut Gems is going to end up. So it's like, you know, it's that Kevin Garnett factor. It's the Kevin Garnett factor. <laughs> it's the um, Adina Menzel factor, probably. Um, so we've been watching uh, Sandler, you know, make the rounds on the awards circuit and giving more and more interviews. Um, and there's just been so many. Uh, there's just been a profusion of of great bits and little little news bite stories and and uh, and and anecdotes. Uh, he mentioned that uh, <laughs> he mentioned that his wife Jackie Sandler has been wearing the the necklace, the gold ne necklace that says Howie. Um, to all the premieres. <laughs> I was very disappointed that whenever A24 put out merchandise for this movie, that that wasn't a piece of merchandise. There wasn't a Howie they did the, They did the Furby, they did a basketball, and then they did like a, a something that you can look at to like determine carrots. <laughs> Not, no good. Yeah. I mean, the Furby's cool, but... Um, <laughs> but then he said... But so uh, he, he had that. Um, he has... Both of the New York... Recently, like within the past few days, he's spoken or he's been up at both the New York Film Critics Circle and the National Board of Review. National Board of Review, he won Best Actor. Um, and um, <laughs> he gave some speech, apparently, that like I, every piece that I read about this mentioned that both Bong Joon-ho and Martin Scorsese were like dying laughing um, at Sandler, just like riffing and going off. Um, and he calls out Robert De Niro in it, being like, yeah, you're going to look at me in the room now and that's be scared. Right, that's right. He's like, you've done some good stuff, Bobby, but now, you know, watch out. <laughs> um, and he mentioned, he also, um, <laughs> he mentioned that, uh, he, he gave some interview or something where he talked about, like, he said, like, his, like, when he read the script that, like, oh, his dad, like, oh, he's finally going to make a movie that his, like, dad, like, would have taken him to see as a kid. Mm. Um, but, um, oh, and he also, he also, uh, like, shouted out movie critics as he is wont to do where he was just like i got two words for movie critics you're mean um and then he talked about the safties in a way that Im implicated that they were psychotic uh which was great um but yeah it's a uh it's it's i don't think he's had any other nomination since we uh oscars are out on monday oscars okay. are out on monday so we'll see now he said in his most recent interview he was like i think an oscar nomination is a long shot yeah. So he himself, maybe he's just, maybe he's just like trying to like keep everyone's expectations and check everything. I hope he's wrong. The um, fact that he was like just like well, the movie was just kind of ceremoniously shut out of the Globes kind of has tempered my expectations a bit. Right. You never know. We could be waking up to very cool news yeah. uh, Monday morning, but I'm at this point I don't want to hold my breath. But that's okay. I've seen this movie twice now. And, and it's like like clearly the success has already spoken for itself. That's what I'm saying is like even more so than like you know it's one thing to like it's one thing to say like like if you were a big fan of if because there these people do exist I'm not one of them but if you are someone who thought the movie Mother was excellent mm -hmm. it would be like oh well you and I, I mean I certainly have movies like this too where it's like oh well you just have to take you know no one goes to see it and it gets no like Oscar love and like even if a lot of people don't like it you just have to sort of take comfort in like. Well, look, like people will come around. Like this movie is great, and like you could totally see un in another, another world just a lot like ours, in which Uncut Gems comes out 
you know, at best cracks $10 million yeah. and gets good, respectable reviews. And everyone's like, Sandler can still act. We knew that. Like, hope he does more movies like this. And then it just sort of like drops off the face of the mm-hmm. earth. But now it's made, it's, it's a legitimate box office hit, um, which is, I, I did not see that one coming. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that that has happened, plus like everyone pretty much like it's in, it's in the pop cultural bloodstream now. It's not just like this little indie thing. Um, you know, 10 years from now, some director will pitch a comic book movie and say, oh, but it'll be like Uncut Gems and they'll make that movie and that movie will make $500 million and like, you know, the way that like the Joker apes Scorsese's aesthetics it'll just, and people are just like, wow, how authentic and cool. Like, it'll be like that, but with, with the, a, the way of uh, the style of Uncut Gems. I've what Gambit will look like. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. He does love playing cards. I've already been like, uh, seen this like, retweeted and like already like memed um um like on social media but like like who would have bet who would have made the bet that uncut gems would be a bigger hit than cats who'd make that bet howard rothman <laughs> yeah he 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 definitely would have made the bet i wouldn't have made that bet um but dear god we're just blessed that we got both of those movies in one, <laughs> in, in one uh month mm. um but we're not here to talk about Uncut Gems, nor are we here to talk about cats. You'll have to, ta- ch- uh, you'll have to subscribe to the Cats cast for that. Um, but we are here tonight to describe uh, the 2007 uh, joint, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Um, it was very exciting. Um, you know, this was uh, uh, the second film after Rain Over Me. Uh, in 2007, he is well back into like the happy mass. Oh, hundred, yeah. This is very uh, much like he's he's like right back. He's right back in his comfort zone. Um, and this is an interesting, kind of an interesting movie in some ways. Um, I think, I think it it's it's very interesting to be reviewing this movie in in 2020. And that is not to say that it's not to say that anything is like been totally fixed or like everything's like hunky dory or whatever but it's very interesting to like culturally things have shifted in such a way that to watch this very sort of straight washed version of like a of like a gay rights movie yeah. is fascinating um, i think we should probably um if it wasn't clear before now i think we should probably come out and, and say uh in this podcast that we you know we're three like hetero white dudes yeah and so like there's like we're not really we're not really equipped to like talk to like talk in depth about how well or not well this movie achieves certain political uh messaging or aims Mm. um so you know apologies in advance for any kind of ignorance um that that uh you know anything we don't know when we say uh but um yeah, this is an interesting one. Uh, came out two thousand seven, two years after Brokeback Mountain, um, which is actually relevant. I'm not just yeah. saying that. Like, well, 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 to, to, to like, to like, give a sense of this movie's intentions and how dated this might feel. I suppose, like, this is a movie that this is a movie in which like the sort of emotional and moral climax rests upon our main characters giving a big speech about how gay people are indeed people and you shouldn't use the F-A-G word. Like, yes. Like, it, and it feels appropriate for the movie, but you're also watching it. It's like, this is what this whole thing was built. This movie's two hours, and this yeah. is what it was building to. Um, I don't know. Like, 
I've, I should also say, like, the, uh, watching it today was the first time I've ever seen it. Oh, um, yeah. I totally missed it. Uh, I was aware of it, um, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I, I completely missed it um, uh, in, in theaters and as well as, like, on DVD back in the day. So I was kind of dreading it. I was like, oh, this is always the one that people talk about as being, like, the like the, like the like swing and a miss. It's embarrassing. The Rob Schneider, which we'll get into, like, bit of it um, comes under justified scrutiny. So I was kind of going in, like, walking on eggshells. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, but there's still a lot to like unpack here i guess i'm not even sure where to start <laughs> well so this was this is this is an interesting movie just for because you know as if you've listened to any of the other episodes you know whenever we have a guest on um and at the and for us when we first started it you know we're always sort of like asking about like you know how did what was your journey with adam sandler how mm-hmm. did you how have you followed his career you know wh- when did you come into it wh- did you ever get off the train you know all that stuff um and thinking about it today that's uh one of the things that is notable about this movie just for me personally is that um i saw i i, I saw everything with the exception of little nicky for just whatever reasons and bulletproof because it was rated r I saw every Sandler movie post. Well, well okay, well, forgetting Bulletproof. Post Big Daddy, I saw every Sandler movie in a theater, except for Little Nicky. Because um, I loved him. I thought he was the best. And then uh, I saw Rain Over Me. And then the summer that this movie came out, I was uh, about to go to college for my freshman year. And I did not go to see I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry. And I know that it was like a conscious choice where I was like, I am like. Folded arms, I am too good for this. Like I like fuck Adam Sandler movies. Like this is this is like dumb slob bullshit. Um, which it's weird because I saw that w- the very next year I saw you don't mess with the Zohan in a theater. Now mm-hmm. I didn't. I was with a group that went to it. I saw you don't mess with the Zohan, and then the year after that I saw Funny People, which was more like oh I hear he's good in this. But then I didn't like you know. I guess I bring this up because with the exception of Zohan and Funny People, and Zohan's really the only one that matters as an exception, this was my start of being too good for Sandler mm-hmm. for a while mm-hmm. because I didn't see – so post-Funny People, I didn't see Grown Ups in a theater. I didn't see Jack and Jill in a theater. I didn't see um, That's My Boy or Grown Ups 2 in a theater or any of the hotel Transylvania movies. And so like, and those were all movies that I would see them and kind of like with everyone else have the like, uh, Adam Sandler reaction. And it wasn't until blended that you and I saw together, which Austin and I, which was purely like a, Hey Wilson, can you review this movie for, for our website? My friend uh, asked me to write about it. And I was like, well, if I get in for free Um, and that just started the, 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 the beautiful sort of, uh, re uh, reorientation, like I was getting back into Sandler, but this is the movie that where I I jumped off the bandwagon, and um, I did see it a few years later on Netflix Instant. It was, I, if I'm not mistaken, the one of the very first movies I ever watched when I downloaded the Netflix Instant Watch app, um, and I remember more or less just thinking it was bad. Yeah, had, had you seen this before, Austin? Uh, yes, I went by myself in theaters uh, opening weekend. Say it loud! Um, it's a Billy Gilmore show. Uh, nobody, no, I had no friends to talk about it with. <laughs> no one was in town for the whole summer, so I just went and saw it. Uh, so thirteen years later, you created a yeah. podcast so that you could talk about this yeah. with somebody. So uh, yeah, I went. Um, I got off my. I probably got off my job at Payway at like nine p.m. and went to a ten o'clock screening of it. I I didn't. Re- I don't remember much. I don't remember much about it, like having many feelings about it. Mm-hmm. I think this is, like, this isn't one that I 
stick to being like, yeah, this was a this was a favorite. I mean, like Zohan, we'll get to that later. Right. But Zohan was one that I'm like, I still will be like, that was good. Yeah. This one, I was like, <laughs> give or take. It's like, I don't know. It's it's seeing this movie like just kind of like like <laughs> just schlubby and alone after your after a shift at work. That almost seems like the. Or like, like the right context. I, I guess I could have gone on a date to this. I'm not entirely sure. I'm pretty sure I just went alone. I'm pretty sure I didn't have a date. You know, no this friends. movie made 120 million dollars domestic. So let's mm. uh, let's you know this is we contribute 11 dollars. We're to still that. firmly in the pocket of like Adam Sandler is making the fucking money. Like well, if, yeah. he's in, if he's in an Adam Sandler movie, it's going to be big business. And, and for me, like kind of like. Like right out the gate, something that was indicative to me, like oh, this like like yeah, he's still like on his his just like rocket like like uh of success is um, you know like what uh you have three to four years before this uh, what year was Deeds again? Sorry, uh two thousand two two thousand two. So five years before this, he's in Deeds, and there's like a fire sequence in that movie, if you recall, where he shows up and he's saving like the lady and her cats and ha ha and like you know like oh it's a pleasure to be here helping out New York's finest. Good for you, firefighters mm-hmm. and um. <laughs> So th- there's that, and five, and so so that's what Mr. Deeds is. And then five years later, he is he is one of, he is one of New York's finest now. Yep, like he's now like yeah, a he's like what if that was a whole movie? And also there was a lot of gay panic. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I never asked you, Chuck and Larry. Um. I'm not sure. Um. I'm not sure how it began. How it initially began because I believe it was a rewrite a rewrite job from the start but uh Alexander Payne famously and his writing partner Jim Taylor uh famously they are credited as writers on this movie Alexander Payne of course of about Schmidt Sideways the Descendants Nebraska it's one of those weird bits of like kind of like famous oh wait what trivias like it's like it's always it always blows my mind and i love this movie but whenever i see the coen brothers names on bridge of spies i'm like oh yeah they yeah they helped re- write this or like i think charlie kaufman is on like madagascar three or something it's like really in, something insane Bombach, like, maybe like, i think bombach that's the one charlie kaufman did some he wrote for something like that but he's not credited yeah, yeah bombach is on that um yeah so uh, you know, and so of course, when this movie came out, and maybe if if anyone still talks about this movie, I think you know, you know, people would say like, "Oh, can you imagine the Alexander Payne version of this movie?" Um, my hottest take on that is that I don't really like Alexander Payne all that much, with the exception of Nebraska, which is a masterpiece. Um, and I think that after having rewatched, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry today. I prefer the Dennis Dugan version to whatever <laughs> Alexander Payne would have done with it. Um, but so. I now pronounce you. so he they he and Jim Taylor wrote this script that I believe per an article I read earlier today was called Flamers, um and uh, that's kind of funny. Adam Sandler uh, read it kind of like the Fifty First Dates thing, like uh-huh. he read it and was like, "I'm going to sign on to this because this is great," and then he just took it and completely. It's his, a good idea, buddy. But what if we made a Sandler? Flick? His people completely rewrote it. <laughs> And then they made a Sandler movie, and so, of course, all the easy, you know, all the layups of, like, oh, well, like, you know, the Sandler movies are bad. Alexander Payne would have made the good version of this. But, again, like I just said, I think, yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's a wash. It, at least it's a wash. <laughs> yeah, I imagine Alexander's Payne reaction to, like, the Adam Sandler crew coming in is whenever someone's walking through an office in a movie, and they're like, here's our writing team. And it's, like, a bunch of, like, monkeys that are just <laughs> like, monkeys what? At- <laughs> like I imagine, because like I, I had read somewhere, or heard somewhere that like he basically was like, I don't want to be on this now that Adam Sandler has Adam Sandlerized it. I, I will say, I will say this. I've seen downsizing, 
mm-hmm. and it's satirizing different things. Uh, if you had told me that Adam Sandler's people had had nothing to do with the script for I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry and that they had just like more or less filmed the Alexander Payne version, it wouldn't have been that crazy because of how... I Sorry to bash Alexander Payne so much. I, I just don't like the guy's films very much. But compared to something like Downsizing, this is a witty, subtle, <laughs> subtle piece of... Uh, you know, erudite satire. Right. Uh, and, and I mean, what, his, you know, for better or worse, your name, along with Taylor's, is on this thing. Uh, you're enjoying, I assume, residuals. Stand, the Sandlerized version uh, made about probably 130 million more than yours would have. Yes. So, you know, shut up. Enjoy. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy them checks. You got to make Nebraska. It's exactly. Uh, uh, for, for what's worth, I think election is a masterpiece and sideways is very good. And the rest I can, I can, I, I, I can take or leave this. <laughs> so this movie, it's about even when, even in pain and Taylor's draft, it's about these two New York city firemen, um, Chuck Levine and Larry Valentine, uh, who due to some shenanigans with pension stuff, um, Larry, uh, uh, the, the the Larry character uh, is basically forced to – he asks his best friend, fellow firefighter Chuck, uh, if they can get married so that they can take advantage of this new, like, law in New York City, take advantage of, like, you know, like – Domestic spouse, partnerships. Domestic partnerships and, like, spouse benefits and all that stuff. Um, and, I mean, that's, that's – that's the bare bones of the plot. Yeah. Like this is this is one of those high concept things that's like was sort of like standard for like this run of Sandler movies where it's like, oh, like, you know, there's the South Park episode where Cartman is awesome and they just ask him to do like Adam Sandler movie ideas and he's like, What if a dog fell in love with a skateboard? Yeah. And they're just like, Wow, what an amazing bitch. Right. It's like that sort of stuff, like, you know, what if two straight men yeah. had to pretend to be gay? Um, and then the, basically like the all these Social and political forces right. basically came down on them for it. Kevin James's Larry is like this sort of sweet, schlubby um, widower, yes, uh, and single dad. Uh, and Sandler is playing like, um, like a kind of like coxman, like a like a real man man, like a man, a fuck boy. It was no, super like, exact. Well, he calls himself a whore at one point. Yeah. Like he straight up like very proudly. He's like, I'm a whore. At like, this point in his career, has he played someone this like womanizing? No, before? I don't think so. This was like a. This is a. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think he's ever had like he. He was like lovable schlub, and then for at least a movie or two, he. I mean, Longest Yard would come the closest, but yeah. he kind of seems to have no time for women because he's just such a dissolute drunk right. until he gets thrown in jail. He's kind of yeah. a dirtbag, but then he's he's like, yeah. he's like very quickly forced to like be, yeah. like, be straight. But the idea yeah. that he would be this successful yeah. with women is – now, I think Adam Sandler is a is plenty handsome in his own way. But it, but it is a thing where it's like, oh, like he is the movie star like guiding this whole thing because he gets to play the person who like – all of these women are just mm-hmm. dying to jump into bed with There's him. a movie yeah. that starts with like a with like a pair of twins realizing that he slept with both of them and then like they start fighting with each other because they both want his nuts. So yeah. like it's, it's 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 a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Watching it's, this with my girlfriend, she was like, I don't understand. Is he he's not attractive? Why is this happening? <laughs> And, and, but and, and and you just were bug eyes staring at her after she's like he's not attractive. You're just like what? Well, yeah. and also too like <laughs> one like not not like consistently movie to movie, but sort of like a decent comedic through line of a lot of his movies up to this point um, can be summed up in that one little joke from Fifty First Dates when 
uh, you know, uh, when Lucy's like, wait, and so you're my boyfriend? He's like, sorry, I'm not better looking. Right. There's so many jokes like that, uh, for, like, you know, during, like, like this first third of his career where he's sort of making jokes at his own, like, physical experience, like, uh, like, oh, Chubbs, you're very good looking. I'm not attractive. Sorry. Like, oh, you got a misshaped head. Thank you. Like, like, it, it, there's always, like, little things like that kind of just – Oh, Sandler, you you looked funny. And now in this one, he's banging twins. And like apparently the entire like staff at Hooters, like it's it's like it's a it's is it's this the practically only, cartoonish. Is this the only time that he plays someone like this? He's kinda like that and just go with it. But kinda, like yeah, okay, you're right. You're hundred um, percent just go with it is very similar. Not this sleazy maybe, right. but like more like, oh, he's a successful plastic surgeon. In yeah. California, and is rich. He's playing the field, like going for someone who's way younger than him. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like that's like rich money. And this one, right. he's like, he's a uh, just you know, cock of the walk firefighter yeah. guy. Yeah, this is a really not going to be right. But uh, the Billy Madison third grade Valentine's Day, he plays off a real <laughs> ladies' man. He gets right. so yeah, many cards. Really into him. Even the principal, yeah, is super duper into him. There, you're you're, you're so right. That is true. Um, the, and I mean, I guess that like that's my boy too. He's playing <laughs> someone pretty gross as well. well that's but, a whole but different that's kind my of boy. Group. But that's my boy. He's a victim Most of, of in the, in that's my he's he is a victim of sexual assault in that movie, and also in that movie, the most sane people acknowledge him in that movie as a piece of shit mm-hmm. like he's not like it's not like All right and the all and the jo- best jokes in that movie come from the people who don't seem to understand who seem to think he's a cool dude as opposed to like an and, asshole and also in zohan he's pretty much fucking everything that moves however the movie's such a cartoon that's such a silly character that's yeah. like i don't know that's like it's like that's like austin i make sticky with your mom that's now. like <laughs> austin powers like having sex with everyone it's like well austin powers isn't a handsome man but like okay like you just like you get you buy it but he has the, the knowledge character. of fine wine <laughs> That's right. Um, okay. So Sandler's just a, a gross cad in this thing. Uh, and, did you uh, just read something? <laughs> no, I just scrolled through IMDb photos of this, and definitely a dude with a foot fetish just went through and just added oh in photos God. of Jessica Biel. Because <laughs> there's just, like, continuous photo after photo of her. Like, these are the top photos. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just too much. Right, photos so of her in bed. In podcast land, I don't know if any of these photos will have been taken down by the FBI by the time by the time you listen to this, but uh, maybe go check the IMDb for our Francis Chuck and Larry uh, to see what we're talking about. Oh, boy. Um, so, anyways, uh, so as Chris mentioned, uh, this film starts off with uh, it's it's uh, all the it's the the firefighters uh, playing basketball together, a pickup game of basketball. Um, the these two hot girls who are twin sisters uh, come up to the to the fence and they start arguing about. How Adam Sandler slept with one of them, thinking it was the other, um, and uh, he, he, you know, he's just like, oh, you know, say, I want to tickle your whatever, and then like, and she says that he's like, no, you're right, that wasn't you, <laughs> and then um, they're fighting over it, and then he's just like, uh, he he asks them to kiss, they don't, and then uh, then the fire bell, the fire alarm rings, and they go off to fight a, a, a real super dangerous fire. Um, on the fire truck. Um, oh, so in that pickup basketball game, uh, we've already got like half the Sandler squad that we're going to get in the movie. You right. get Jonathan Lofren, you get Peter Dante, you get Nicholas Turturro, and you get what is his name? Uh, I wrote it down. Damn it! Damn it! Ooh, uh, it's something. It's something Valentine, and I know that's. I know that's Larry's last name, but. Oh yeah! Um, yeah! 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 Uh, damn it! Valentine, you got uh, Richard. No, I wrote this down. Damn it! 
a guy, Gary Valentine. Okay, Gary Valentine. The brother to Kevin James. Yes. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because looking at him on screen, I was like, my God, that looks like Kevin James. That, that threw me for a yeah. second. I don't know um, why they don't, I don't know why he's not Gary right. James, but that's probably because it's two first names. Right. Also, uh, also in the background, uh, weirdly, another pair of brothers that's in this movie, uh, Michael Buscemi, mm. brother to Steve, um, is in the background. Uh, I mean, he's, he's one of the firefighters. Um, so you get you get all those guys. They go out on this fire. Um, Ving Rhames is is there, and Ving Rhames, great actor, most well known for the Mission Impossible films. Um, he uh, is the brand new firefighter who's very taciturn. Uh, everyone's real scared of him. Brandishing um, like an axe. Yeah, everyone's like afraid they're gonna he's gonna kill them or whatever. He's doing the intimidating Marcellus Wallace Ving Rhames thing. Uh, yeah, that's right. I um, guess yeah, I guess Pulp Fiction is more well known than than uh, <laughs> Mission Impossible. Um, you know, yeah. Sandler also, I, I made a note that Sandler has his, he's really, and I guess that it is more just like him leaning into his own accent, but he really plays up the New York of it all. Like he's really like, especially in the early scenes, he's really just like he does. doing it, like doing it up his accent. If you're like primed going into this movie, feeling like skeptical about Sandler and the whole premise of this movie, this movie doesn't start out. This movie starts off in ways that are just going to like kind of feel that. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of fires, they get to a fire oh. and, uh, and it looks uh, a lot like the house that's burning down in Mr. Deeds. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I made a joke, uh, I made a joke for all you Adam Sandler cinephiles out there about it, uh, it being like the end of, uh, Kislowski's Red, where suddenly, like, the characters from Mr. Deeds and the characters from this movie and maybe the characters from another Adam Sandler movie would suddenly converge and realize that they were all in the same story. Um, but that doesn't happen. What happens is that they go in, uh, and there's some pretty, uh, for a Dennis Dugan directed comedy, some pretty well shot um, fire yeah. stuff. If, like, if there's like a common like criticism, obviously of the back half of Sandler's career, it's like how lazy the movies are. And if there's like a if there's like a equally spoken like or like like equal criticism there, it's like oh the Dennis Dugan movies, it's like oh it's another shitty looking Dennis Dugan Adam Sandler comedy. And okay, uh, maybe there's some. I like I understand the like why that came to be sort of a common line, but which is but one of the pleasant surprises about watching this for, for the first time was like this movie looks good, was clearly like made with some thought to it, at least visually, and these fire sequences are quite impressive. Yeah, we're grading on a Dugan scale, of course. This isn't backdraft, but right. it's pretty. Good. I mean, compare it compare it to to I love this movie, but compare it to Jack and Jill, or compare it to either of the Grown Ups films, and it is just like oh, this like did fucking like Emmanuel Lubezki shoot this? This yeah. is insane. Um, so they go in and they save an incredibly obese man. Um, lots of fun. They make a lot of, a lot of fat jokes, which is funny considering later in the movie, there's actually a kind of thoughtful aside about like lumping in fat shaming with all the other, like, um, you know, like sexism, homophobia, racism, Mm -hmm. you know, that sort of stuff. It's just like. Oh, like, you know, that sentiment, which is certainly in our day and age taken more seriously. It's like, I don't know, it's funny. Much like other things in this movie, the the movie has its cake and eats it too. Very much um, so. By having them relentlessly make fun of this, like, huge fat man that they, like, they literally have to, like, they, like, get a running start. And it takes both of them, like, sled dogs to, like, run him down (laughs) the stairs. Um, And he falls on Sandler and he farts. Yep. Um, It's hilarious. (laughs) Um, And uh, and then... uh, 
Yeah, <laughs> that's I, I don't know. This is the first ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, so, but, yeah, yeah. You cut to outside, and the fat man is on a forklift being taken to an ambulance. You guys are heroes. Ooh, hero! I'm hungry. Like th- this is this is the the world that you are getting into. Uh, strap in for the next two hours. So then we go to we go to uh, we see some of Larry uh, Valentine, Kevin James's home life. Um, he is making. He's a single father. He's got two kids. His wife has been dead for three years. Um, He's making spaghetti for his kids. Spaghetti bolognese. Uh, spaghetti bolognese, where he just puts like three hamburger patties. Three hamburger like, patties on a like like on spaghetti with like ragu sauce. Yes. That he heated up in the jar in the microwave. Yes, product placement watch ragu. The the labels turn directly towards the camera. And like I know like single dad being stressed, not like not knowing how to cook is like a well worn cliche here. But there's something about just the visual gag of just spaghetti. Microwave heated ragu and hamburger patties. I I I thought it was funny as hell. And like and like <laughs> that uh, was funny. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Good. And and um like I've always kind of like ran fairly lukewarm on Kevin James. I neither hate him nor love him, but I I I've dug him very much in this movie. Like like it was like with a lot of like physical comedy bits, he's quite good. Yeah, um, no, he's a very charming guy. And I I we were talking about this earlier, but. At this point, it's funny because now it's like you think like you think of Kevin James and derisively it's like oh Paul Blart, but this movie, all he'd really had in the way of film work up till this point, like as far as like major stuff is Hitch, which isn't nothing. Like, and he that's like him. stole that movie, yeah. and I remember thinking at the time how good he was in Hitch, um, and so seeing him in I Now Pronounce Chuck and Larry today sort of brought me back to that. Where I was like oh I really I like this guy's very winning. Yeah, like, King of Queens. is my jam. Yeah. I used to like watch that. I watched not that. anymore. As a mm-hmm. kid, I watched it a lot. Uh-huh. And Sweating the Small Stuff, which was his like Comedy Central special. I, it's yes. I remember it being great because it was just like he like leaned. He was very self-deprecating, just like I'm big, <laughs> just like very funny back then. Yeah. So he's 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 good in this movie. He um he has an effeminate son, a very effeminate. He has a son and a daughter, and the son is very very uh like into musicals and doing splits and like just is very if very effeminate and James isn't like oh no man up you little shit but he's like oh well maybe I can get him into little league he's, he's just- like halfway it's 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 that it's actually kind of fascinating because it's the kind of thing that and I I actually think that most of this movie again straight white man speaking I actually think that most of this movie I wouldn't say that it's aged well in the sense of like you know, it's clearly a product of its time yes. a, a, as far as, like, the things that it feels comfortable talking about and the way it feels comfortable talking about them. Having said that, I think that the fact that pre the legalization of gay marriage, pre, you know, just, just you know, like, it was all still very, I mean, we're still in the Bush years when this movie comes out. Right? Certainly. I mean, George, George W. Bush is still president. And this feels like a Bush year movie. And for, it's, like, the sure. fact that, like, he's not, like... Like even that, like I could, I could very easily see that being more sort of like overemphasized. That like, no, like you got to play sports and you got to whatever. And like he definitely, like he definitely wants that. Like he wants his son to be into the things that he's into. But spoiler alert for the rest of the movie, it actually doesn't. Like like he and the other characters in the movie, for the most part, are like ultimately pretty quick to accept. Like, hey, like you do you, man. Like, yeah, you you do your thing. Like you be so like. So, like, 
I think I was cringing today when the son shows up and he's like sort of, uh, for lack of a better word, like mincing around. Yeah, very swishy. Very swishy. And it was like, oh, okay, that's going to be the bit is that they're like, no, play sports. And he's not that. This kid rules, by the way. But then, the kid, <laughs> but then, but then it actually ends up being like a, it, it's handled with more tact than yeah. I would have thought, which I would actually apply to a, a, a good bit of this movie. While while it's true, this movie, yeah, like like thirteen years after the fact, has not aged like a fine wine. It is nowhere near as heinous as I was expecting it to be. Oh, I think I think weirdly, I almost I almost think that it it play. I mean, this is I don't know, maybe maybe not, but it almost to me plays better now than it did. Like you we go back and read reviews in two thousand seven, and people are just like. Wow, like this, like dumb straight bullshit or whatever. Yeah. But it's just like I, I feel as that like this isn't doing enough to advance the cause. But now, like, now that you know it is the law of the land, gay marriage is the law of the land, and all this, I, it almost feels like, and it's a little more taken for granted. I almost feel like it would be like, oh, like this movie's harmless. Like yeah. it's like they're they're like they're they're trying their best to be allies and not hateful right. and like all this stuff. So it's like, you know, the way that I would describe this movie to someone who hasn't like seen it would be to like, so if you were, if you recall and big daddy to kind of like that little um, joke throughout the movie um, of Alan Covert and Peter Dante being their buddies from law school who are now lovers and in a happy committed <laughs> very, relationship. Very gay brothers. They're, they're very, very gay brothers. Where do you got to go to a clan meeting later? Because <laughs> yeah, you're right. Right. So that movie is, is simultaneously, Progressive and accepting and supportive of this loving relationship that it depicts, it, that, that it depicts, while also having like a twelve that twelve year old. It's also asking you to laugh at that. Like ah, it's funny when gay guys kiss. Okay, so that juxtaposition, but ultimately good heartedness is this movie is stretched two hours. Is this movie? Mm-hmm. It's them grappling with those thoughts. Right. Um, if that's not your cup of tea, I totally get that. But we're here to talk about Sandler. Yeah. And. If this is a movie that was being pitched straight down to the middle to a bunch like to, to probably yeah a, like a bunch of young white straight men who maybe didn't hadn't thought too like like strongly about gay issues or or didn't know what right. they thought about them if that's what if that's what this if that was the audience that this movie is pitching for mm-hmm. then I would say in that context it is successful yeah it's just a plea i mean it's it's a it's a sort of naked plea for tolerance which i mean you can find it disingenuous you can find it more or less worthless based on who it's coming from but Mm -hmm. i think it's i think i do think it's sincere and i think that's what sort of like that's what was what i found winning about watching this movie this time yes and that that was the pleasant surprise after hearing so much from pretty much its release of how how not just like like poorly made it was but like how like maybe like evil, it, like it was. Right. Like, to finally sit down and watch, I was like, oh wait, no, this is actually kind of sweet. Yeah. In its own fumbling, clumsy, dumb dick boy way, it's nice. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of things to talk about that aren't so nice. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I guess also like, uh, whenever watching this, I guess we were looking it up, and I guess Glad approved it. Like they were oh, like, really? They, they like they didn't condemn it or anything. Oh, okay. Mm. The uh, the Wikipedia on it says that. Um, burr, 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 says that uh, the film was screened prior to release uh, for Glad. The Glad representative said the movie has some of the expectat- the movie has some of the expected stereotypes, but in in its own disarming way, it's a call for equality and respect. Is yeah, what the, uh, I think that's about right. Yeah. One thing that I was like like that felt jarring to me watching it. Let, let's say for like a better phrasing, with like twenty, uh, with you know the. Uh, t- 2020 eyes um 
it like isn't so much like oh problematic. It's more like oh well, these are all like I like I felt more aware now than I probably would have in two thousand seven that, that these are all straight guys like playing like gay characters right. or whatever. It's like oh they couldn't get like any gay actors in this. That, that like that that might have helped. Right. Uh, which probably would not have been on anyone's list of things to be concerned about in two thousand seven. Which is interesting to to think about. Um. The uh, so pretty, you know, pretty pretty quickly actually. Even though this is a longer movie for Sandler, um, pretty quickly, uh, we have Kevin James going to uh, look at his the city, whatever, look at his pension, um, and he speaks to Rachel Dratch, Sandler squad member, last seen in Click, mm-hmm. um, and Rachel Dratch is telling him basically like you know your your benefits are fucked because you didn't like file something after your wife died. Um, the the quickest way you could get around this is to just marry somebody, and she's sort of pitching herself for the job. But then he learns about the domestic partnership thing and is considering that. And then there's a scene where Sandler and uh, Chuck and Larry go out on a, on a call out to this burnt out building. Uh, Sandler dares Kevin James to uh, eat a rat's head for a thousand dollars, and then the floor collapses underneath him, and Kevin James runs and. Uh, Catches him and breaks his fall and also shields him from this falling debris. Um, in the hospital, uh, Sandler tells Kevin James, like, you saved my life. I owe you one. Like, that's the code. That's how it works. Um, there's a bit where Sandler flirts with the doctor, who he keeps calling Dr. Honey. Um, he is a gross sexist in this movie. Um, and I felt bad. For, I felt just bad for her because it's like, oh, my gosh, she's just trying to do her job. Um and then, uh, let's see, um, <laughs> when they leave the hospital, uh, Kevin James, uh, they're, they're both being wheeled out at the same time, and, and Adam Sandler gets picked up by a van full of Hooters girls, and they're wearing, so who, Hooters product placement watch, we're back to Hooters, which, I, it, this marks the midpoint of the Hooters, uh, of the Hooters trilogy in Sandler's filmography, you know, <laughs> in between Big Daddy and Blended. Um, and, uh, it's just curious, the evolution of, of, of Hooters. This is a more neutral mention of, of Hooters where it's just like, oh, they're just a bunch of hot girls, um, who, who apparently he just like frequents that restaurant. Adam Sandler himself must really like Hooters. Like, I guess so. Or he's like friends with the CEO or something because like, he's now like, I mean, he ain't doing that shit for, he ain't, he ain't putting Subway in three of his movies. Like he's done this three times for Hooters. Maybe it was just like, um, a funny bit in Big Daddy that just like yielded a very, friendly corporate relationship i don't sure know. wouldn't it be <laughs> funny if yeah yeah um and then um let's see i can't remember what the i can't remember what the there's there's something maybe this is where james gets the idea whenever james gets the idea about asking larry to be his partner i just had i didn't write down the scene i just had written down that uh, kevin james is eating uh icing out of a betty crocker can <laughs> um so i marked the product placement but i didn't mark what's going on in the seed um but soon after, uh, you know, he he rushes over to Sandler's place um, and gives him pitches him the idea of what if we pretend to be married? Like you just have to we just have to forward your mail to my place for a while and like sign some forms and it's no big deal. Um, Sandler, uh, he says, you mean like F-A-G-G-O-T-S? Like he, he says that. And Kevin James is like, oh, the accepted vernacular is gay. Um and so Sandler, it seems, is, like, real rough around the edges, like, sort of, like, man's man, 
jerk yeah uh here at the start you know as far as characterization goes uh uh all these women he agrees to do it because of the code uh, the firefighters code um but uh also in this scene you see that all the hooters girls are in his bedroom um and they come out and product placement watch he tells them to get a gatorade which they (laughs) all they all get gatorades um but not only are all the hooters girls in there but so is uh dr honey dr honey um Two of the girls, the Hooters girls, one of them is Tila Tequila, uh, oh, star wow. of, uh, what was her show called? Like Tila's World or something? Uh, something. Um, and then uh, one of the other Hooters girls is uh, actress Jamie Chung, star of Zack Snyder's Sucker Punch. Oh. So, moving right along. I appreciate save that. Save that for the Snyder cast. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um Oh, I like. I I also liked how a shot at love. I also like. That's it. <laughs> I also liked how um, Kevin James says to like convince Adam Sandler. He says, "I saved your life, bitch." <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's Freddy Krueger. Um, uh, so you know, we cut to it's like Chuck's mail's being forwarded to Larry's place. Um, it's all like you know, it's probably it's nudie mag. Every day is nudie magazine day at Chuck's place because. He's getting uh, porno mags sent. He's getting videotape, videotapes or DVDs sent. Um, he gets a blow up, a plastic blow up doll sent. In the case, like as a blow up doll, <laughs> it's, it's blown, blown up. up. It like, like the, it's like wrapped in paper, but it's the outline of a blow up doll. That looks like it was made together out of scraps of trash too. Yeah, it looks way. like garbage. It looks like straight, straight shit. <laughs> um, so, um, and then <laughs> the. Uh, uh, I don't know. There's another scene of a fire, um, and then back at uh, b- b- back at the uh, this, the the uh, Larry's place, um, we meet the mailman played by another. This movie is chock full, as opposed to our last few reviews. This movie's chock full of the Sandler Squad. Oh yeah. Um, so Robert Smigel playing the mailman, um, and uh, he's there uh, when the the first inspector from the city comes by to check in that the domestic partnership between Chuck and Larry is legit. Um, Kevin James is up a ladder when he gets, you know, he learns that this guy's there. And it's a simple, like, Chevy Chase and Christmas Vacation, like, Pratt fall down, like, like, like sliding down a ladder thing. James executes that thing beautifully. Like, I, yes. like, I, like, I was laughing my ass off earlier because, like, he falls all the way down, bop, 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 bop. And then it does like almost like a little, like twirl, like on yeah, like he shakes it off like he meant to do it, but yeah. like he like he's it's it's weird, it's a weirdly graceful move that he, <laughs> that he does where it's like oh yeah, like yeah, Kevin James very gifted physical comedian. Watching in that it moment. today, well, this whole movie in general, but but like that moment specifically, like I like shot up like and was like oh you know what I I just realized I've been underrating Kevin James because that was fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. beautiful. <laughs> there, were, there were several moments in this movie where I got the giggles really bad, and I was just like I didn't I didn't see that coming because I because I'd watched this movie and not liked it before. Yeah, um, that was. One moment, um, and the guy comes in and is just like, oh, basically delivers this exposition, setting up the rest of the conflict of the movie, which is that like, oh, well, yeah, people definitely do like lie to get the benefits. Um, this happened to someone somewhere else, and not only did he and his friend who pretended to be partners, did, not only did they both go to jail, but so did uh, this co this person, this coworker that they both that who knew that didn't say anything about mm. it. Um, and so, um, the, the uh, <laughs> the, uh, 
Kevin James, uh, I think this is the moment where he's pretending to um, he's pretending to find Robert Smigel really attractive. <laughs> um, and, and Smigel is just sort of like, look, like, look, like who me? Like, like looking across the street where he's just like, oh, yeah, like love those, you know, love, love those buns or whatever. Um, it's pretty funny. It's a pretty <laughs> funny reaction from Smigel. Um, but um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Um, oh, <laughs> right. He tells Kevin James tells the guy uh, he's like, oh, no, here, like loads of loads of gay sex, balls and wieners, balls all, and wieners, balls and wieners all the way down. Um, so they they this, go. This movie's almost just like too stupid to be offensive. Exactly. Like, exactly. Like, 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 it, and because and that is the joke, too. Like, the, like and that's, you know, again, in this movie's credit in its defense, like. The joke in that sense is these two idiots trying to sound like what they imagine gay people sound like. Yeah. And the joke is these fucking morons think this is what gay people sound like. <laughs> and, like, the idea that they they don't think that people would see through this is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, Sandler and, and James, like, sort of, like, smack at each other on the ass, like, but, like, really aggressively. Right. Like, like, is, like, again, that was another thing that made me laugh a bunch, where I was like, oh, it's funny, like, they're just... There's this bit throughout the movie that, like, instead of, like, 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 you know, maybe, maybe like, tenderly grazing one of their hair, they just keep, like, slapping each other, like, I'm on the head, or, like, or, like, pulling their hair, it's just, like, like, they can't even... It's so great. They can't even, like, benignly, like, like, flirt convincingly, it just, it just, it just them just wailing on each other. So they go, so they're worried, and so they go to talk to Jessica Beale, who is a lawyer, um, and she is like, don't worry, I'm gonna def-. It's weird, because... Her role it, is well, very weird. It <laughs> doesn't seem as though there is an actual case being brought against them yet, so I don't know what, like, I don't know what a lawyer would be doing for them when there's no, like, there's no legal option that's been presented right um it seems like at first they're just sort of asking her for advice and then she becomes like an advisor until they are charged later spoiler alert um but sandler as anyone would be and rather any you know straight man like would be you know is enamored uh by jessica beale um and it's funny where he's just sort of like blurting out like uh yeah, I wrestled. I, I used to wrestle in high school. I, I, I loved it. <laughs> like, trying to sound gay to her, but he's also, like, shell-shocked. Um, he says this great bit where, like, he says that, and they go talk about more pertinent things. And it comes back to him. He's just like, when I was climbing the rope at gym class, I wished it was a dude. <laughs> and they're just like, she's just like, okay, sure. Um, that, that was funny. Um there's a bit where when she walks in, you hear on the soundtrack his heart thumping really hard, yeah. and then you they pan over to Kevin James, and it's supposed to be the same thing, but his heart seems to be dangerously clogged, it's clogged, <laughs> and so you just hear like, <laughs> and then it's just like a weird like, oh okay, like, like that's a again like weird fat weird fat <laughs> joke. Um, it's um. Jessica Biel, like I know, obviously it's a regular thing on our on our show to talk about slumming love interests, and we can get more into it. But I feel like she almost gets like a separate award in this for just being a good sport. Yeah. <laughs> I was, oh, another thing I liked in this scene was when um, I don't even remember what like prompts it, but um, they're just like, oh yeah, like we love keeping secrets, and they do this little thing where they're just like, like very like they're like. Pss, pss, pss. Like, yeah, yeah, we love secrets. So it's like, oh, Sandler and James are good together. Like they're they funny together. Um, but then, um, but then, uh, let's see. So they decide. She said she is the one who 
emphasizes to them like, well, one thing that you could do is make it official. And here's something that dates the movie, thankfully. Not to not to virtue not a virtue signal, but it's very it's very interesting that she's like, well, you could go to Canada and get married, mm. and so it's like, oh, so like you know, in in obviously the movie would be very different if it was made in the United States nowadays, but that's one of the biggest ways that it would be different is that it's just like, oh, oh, like you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't have to drive to Canada to do that, um, but they drive they go to Canada, um, and they are driving around in a cab looking for a wedding chapel. To, to tie the knot, it's Niagara they're, Falls. They're right? ca- uh, oh yeah, right. Ca- uh, their cab driver is Dennis Dugan, nice. uh, in a cameo appearance, um, and they uh, talking about like uh, Sandler mentions to Kevin James like uh, you should have gotten married after your wife died. Like you got to find somebody, and Kevin James says, you know, I found, I found some, I found somebody, and I'm about to get married to them, and the cab driver calls them. Uh, queers, and they both instantly are like, "What the fuck did you just say?" Like they're just like, and and it's not. I could see it being interpreted differently, but it didn't strike me as being like, "How could you like? How could you call us that because we are not that?" It's more like what the rest of the movie, like the way the rest of the movie plays out, where it's like, "Oh, like they start realizing what homophobia is when yeah. they're on the receiving end." So of it. yeah, so it's like they like so he he calls them queers and they're just like, "What'd you say?" And he's like, "Oh, nothing, nothing." And then he calls them the f word, and they like start beating the shit out of him and like you know he like swerves his cab in the middle of the road and all that. Um, so then they go to a wedding chapel that is run by a uh, re- recurring Adam Sandler squad member Rob Schneider. Playing a Japanese man. Now, it's not going to do us any good to get too bogged down into this. Um, There's not really much to parse here. It's shitty on its face. Aside from the fact that this is, bar none, the worst Rob, the worst, most offensive Rob Schneider. Like, I'll go ahead and say about the rest of the movie that it's like more, I won't say progressive, but it's more like even keeled and sort of like it's it's more. sensitive and thoughtful than than I would have given it credit for. This, on the other hand, is exactly what you might have heard. Uh, He is basically doing... uh, It's like he saw Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's and was like, not racist enough. Right. I feel like with with Rob Schneider, I feel like with every movie, they're kind of just being like, how far will you take it this time? And like, this is the furthest he takes it. As far as I recall from any other future Yeah, no, I mean, he's he's Pakistani in Zohan. Um, which, but like, that's not, it's like weirdly stereotyped. Um, and then, and then he's not in funny people and then he's in, you know, and then grown ups, he's just playing himself. So and I feel like this is sort of like the end of like the, like regular. Oh, he's also, um, he plays a character that is not appropriate quite so much in ridiculous six. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right. That whole movie's inappropriate, though. Yeah. Well, right. Uh, but, like, so, but with, and also, for what it's worth, this doesn't make anything better, but just because, like, you know, oftentimes in a movie like this, we might be saying, like, oh, well, like, we, 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 we might be comparing how things were talked about then as opposed to now. What the shittiness of this performance was a major talking point, if not the major talking point of the movie, even in 2007. I was kind of checked out on Sandler around hereabouts. Um, I remember seeing Zohan on DVD, but just kind of like just 
Chuck and Larry was like, oh yeah, like I like I was like, yeah, that's a movie, but I don't care. And but even then, being kind of like not at all engaged with this movie, I heard about the the Schneider thing. And if anything, it has overshadowed the rest of the movie in the years since. Um, you know, hundred percent. It's kind of what this movie is known for now. Is I that feel like if I ever see star stills from this movie, it's either his character or Je the moment where Jessica Biel strips down. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, no. it sucks. It it, it sucks. <laughs> there's no chance that it, there, unlike the rest of the movie, there's there's no chance that everyone on set wasn't thinking like, oh, this is like offensive. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess I think that was probably their calculation was like, it'll be funny offensive. Um, but, um, so basically, uh, let's see, what do we got? Um, so they get married, uh, to, with Rob Schneider. Um, they have a wedding reception, uh, in which they, well, they have a witness, uh, a homeless man played by Blake Clark, Sam squad member, very, very funny performance with him. Like, ah, there's a radio in the cake. I moved it. Like, and then like, he's dancing, but like, <laughs> This is uh, my favorite thing in the movie. I think it's very no. It's it's extremely funny. Uh, it's it's I I cracked up. Um. So then they're back in America. I like uh, that it's a Jewish wedding. By the way. Yes, yes, that's nice too. They're they're moving in. Um. And I I like that too when they're deciding which which wedding for it to be. And he's just like, well, I'm Jewish. I don't want to piss off my mom. And Kevin James says, I'm Catholic. I don't want to piss off Mel Gibson. <laughs> a very 2007 joke. Um. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they're moving in, uh, two men in a truck product placement, some Budweiser product placement. Um, they, um, <coughs> let's see. Yeah. It's like Sandler is starting to settle in with the, with the family. Like he makes dinner for the kid. He, well, he says he's going to make dinner going forward because, uh, Chuck, wait, Larry is such a bad cook. Right. Um, they, uh, <laughs> uh, Chuck breaks like he he he's like wearing this exfoliating mask, um, not because he wants to look gay. It's just that he actually likes it, um, and he breaks the little girl's chair. Um, the <laughs> he breaks the he 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 leaves the toilet seat up, and the girl falls in to the toilet. Right. Um, and they have to like rescue her. And then the son brings in this porn magazine called Buttered Buns, and they're like, "Hey, let's do an experiment." And they show, they open the magazine, and they show it to the son, and he runs out screaming, um, which like, okay, that fine. I mean, at a certain age, just like a, like a boy would do that, but yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> anyways, um, he gets into bed with Kevin James. Uh, Sandler does. Um, and he does this weird thing, this weird fucked up thing where he's pretending to talk in his dead wife's voice. Um, and then the biggest the biggest laugh that I got from the movie, which is that they wake up and it's Kevin James and Adam Sandler and then Kevin James is housekeeper Teresa <laughs> in the bed with them. And it, it's clear that Sandler brought her to bed after Kevin James went to sleep. Um, and uh, but and that's fine. But the, the part that, that cracked me up is that. Ke uh, Sandler says to Kevin James, "Like, oh, you participated." And he's mm -hmm. like, "No, I didn't." And he's like, "Yeah, smell your smell your thumb." <laughs> and Kevin James, like, really like worried, like, oh, like God, what? smells his thumb, and he's like, "Oh, it smells like plastic." And then he looks over in the corner of the room, and sitting upright in the chair is the plastic blow up sex doll, yeah. and the camera does this like dun dun <laughs> like like push in, <laughs> and it's so funny. <laughs> We'll see this Dugan, uh, I guess we can call it like a Duganism. We'll see it again in Grown Ups 2. 
That's right. It's he also used it maybe uh the for the first time it had the Gilmore with uh with uh, Chubbs and the crocodile and like Chubbs's untimely death because like there's sort of like a oh, oh yeah, yeah. it's the same thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so Steve Buscemi shows up Sandler squad Steve Buscemi shows up as a uh, as an inspector he's going through their trash. Uh, trying to figure out, you know, whether or not Chuck and Larry are actually gay. He clearly doesn't believe that they really are. Mm. Um, he uh, <laughs> he he's talking about he he says something about like not very homosexual garbage, if you ask me. <laughs> um, and so Adam Sandler, when he learns that, he's like, well, "We got to gay that shit up." Um, so he goes to the store to get uh, some 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 gay things, according <laughs> to them. Uh, he gets a poster of Wham, um, and a DVD of Brokeback Mountain, among other things. There's also a huge tub of Crisco. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um runs into Jessica Beale. Um she invites he, he him and Kevin James uh to her fundraiser. Um there's some KY jelly product placement here where he picks up and he's like, Hell yeah <laughs> made me laugh. Um the back at Kevin James's house, Robert Smigel is the mailman propositions Kevin James. Uh Saying like I heard what you said about me the other day. I just want to let you know, um, there's no extra postage, and it's always first class. Um, <laughs> I'm used to holding large packages, um, which is which again. I'm just laugh. I'm just sitting there laughing at all of this, like <laughs> like bewildered that I'm finding it funny. Um, so then there's the fundraiser that Jessica Biel uh, asked them to. It's a costume ball. Um, Kevin James shows up dressed as a large apple. Which I found, uh, I appreciated that his huge costume had slots in the front and back, <laughs> so that he could pee and poop when necessary without taking the whole thing off. Um, Beal is like a cat in this thing. She's, she's dressed as one of the Jellicle cats. Yes, and Adam Sandler is dressed as Dracula, Dracula uh, calling his shot Babe Ruth style for the Hotel Transylvania series. When we see Babe Ruth again in Jessica Beale's apartment, that's that's right. It's all connected, y'all. Um, Steve Buscemi was a firefighter. It all makes sense. So then, um, so they go to this, uh, they go to this, uh, th th this fundraiser. Uh, Nick Swardson, Sandler Squad member, uh, previously seen in Click. Nick Swardson is there. Um, he is Jessica Beale's brother, and he's dressed as a butterfly. <laughs> um, uh, they also run into David Spade. Uh, Sandler Squad member dressed as a sexy bunny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like a Playboy bunny. Yeah, like a Playboy bunny. Um, the uh, let's see. Um, oh yeah, this is where we first get Beale tells Adam Sandler that she figured him for the woman in the relationship between him and Kevin James. Um, and so he, so 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 Sandler and Beale sort of becoming like. Friends, and obviously that's the conflict for Sandler's because he really likes her, is very attracted to her, but he's like pretending to be gay, and that's where their entire relationship comes from. Um, when they leave the when they leave the ball, there are these religious protesters led by Rob Corddry, um, and they're you know holding these signs that say you know gay is not the way, and that sort of shit, um, and they're screaming about their immortal souls, um, and uh, Sandler. And James basically, uh, you know, they do a, a Jake Sully from Avatar or a Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai or Kevin Costner in Dances with Wolves in that the non-member of that group, of that out-group ally, like, comes to the defense of, like, hey, like, don't you don't you say that about my friends um, or whatever. Um, one of them, I guess Rob Corddry calls them the F word again, uh, and Sandler clocks him for it and that 
ends up being on the front page of the Daily News uh, with a with a funny headline, uh, "Gay Basher Bashed at Gay Bash." <laughs> um, <laughs> um, they get called into the fire station by the chief, played by Dan Aykroyd, Sandler Squad, Fifty First Dates, um, who very clearly knows they're not gay. He says as much. Um, he says, he says, boys, I've always said, he said, my motto around here has always been what you shove up your ass is your own business. Um, but I know you're not gay. Um, and he says, uh, if he says something about if you go to jail, he's warning them about like, about like what could happen to them if if they get caught. He says, if you go to jail, your ass will be busier than a test bench at a plunger factory, which I was like, Adam Sandler worked in a plunger factory and punch drunk love. There's connections all around us. Um, Sandler Sandler goes on a um, Sandler goes on a girls' day with Jessica Biel, and uh, set to girls don't just want to have fun, uh, and they're doing all sorts of uh, fun trying on clothes montage stuff. Uh, the salesman, the effeminate salesman, is played by Dave Matthews. Sandler Squad. Wait, is he Sandler Squad yet? Yeah, yeah, he was okay. in. Well, tech. No, I guess not. He was. Just music in Mr. D. Right. right. So this right. is the first first appearance by Dave Matthews because he shows up and just go with it in uh, Zohan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Great. So first appearance by Dave Matthews, who you know is is again playing a very effeminate uh, salesman, clothes salesman, uh, who's hitting on Sandler. But Sandler points to his wedding ring and is like, you know, sorry. Um. Then uh, there's Parents' Day at the school. And Kevin James is there uh, talking about uh, his job as a firefighter for his daughter's class. Um, All the children keep asking him questions about, like, his relationship. Oh, one little boy is just like, I don't like girls either. Does that mean I'm gay? And then the girl – and then one kid is just like, "Uh, is that your only job being a firefighter? Because my dad says that you're a butt pirate. (laughs) Uh, The teacher is played by Jackie Sandler. Yay. Um, And then um, out in the hallway, Alan Covert, Sandler Squad – confronts Kevin James and is like, hey, we don't need you for scouts. For scouts or for Little League. We don't need you for Little League. Like, we're we're good. We're good. Um, We're good. And uh, Kevin uh, Kevin James gets mad and headbutts Alan Covert. And then a a school bully, seeing that, you know, calls Kevin James' son, you know, like... Your dad's gay and so are you. Your dad's gay and so are you. And the kid does an amazing split... Uh, so that he can punch the the bully in the in the nads. The bully that. goes down, and the kid goes up and does this amazingly jubilant tap dance uh, again. I'm just over here laughing, thinking <laughs> this is very funny. Was, this kid fucking rules, and he just yeah he like he takes he clocks his bully out, and it does a little Fred Astaire dance on top of him. It's it's lovely. Um, <laughs> back to Sandler and Beale run in out of the rain uh, to her place, um, and she starts getting undressed because she's in soaking wet clothing. Um, they have this. They have this conversation where she's just like, "Oh, my my boobs are 100 percent natural," and he's like, "What, really?" And she's like, "Oh, you know, feel them," um, and he feels them, and he's like, "Oh God, yeah, you know." Big old trailer moment. Yep, a huge trailer moment. Um, and then, um, and then we have my my notes are kind of all over the place, but there's a basketball game at the firehouse. Um, where uh, Ving Rhames, who's been real scary and taciturn up till this point. Uh, suddenly gives Sandler a big hug and is like, you know, I'm gay and I've never told anybody in my life. And seeing you and and uh, seeing you and Chuck, uh, seeing you and Larry, you know, be the way that you are has been such an inspiration to me. Like, can you, can you help me come out to my parents? Like all this stuff. It's just weirdly like, oh, like okay, like this is like very sincere. This also comes right after the other firefighters like ditch Sandler. 
like like during game being like oh we're not sure we want to play with you like you're probably rubbing up on us too much and he's like you guys are idiots just, just like just because i'm gay doesn't mean that i'm like horny for every guy that right. i see yeah. it's it's like the movie is starting to get into like uh decent territory here of like handling these bits of homophobia like well i would yeah. say mm -hmm. uh yeah because they could have gone from basically playing like real close one-on-one -on -one basketball and then now they're just like, whoa, yeah. get away from me. Yeah, exactly. Like dealing with that kind of territory. Um, so then uh, there's the, the, the shower scene in which, uh, you know, like the, the guys don't want to shower with Chuck and Larry. And there's a bit where they drop some soap and it's like goes in slow motion. And they're like, oh, no, like who's going to pick that up? Um, and so they the guy who drops it grabs another guy's soap and that also falls. <laughs> and they also watch that go down in slow motion horror. And then Ving Rhames picks up both soaps and, like, sings a bunch. Um, Sandler goes back to visit Jessica Biel, and they're making these bracelets that, you know, say, like, best friends forever or whatever. Um, he uh, Jessica Biel asks him to rub her feet, which he does, and then talks about how she thinks it's cool that he's a chubby chaser because of Kevin James. Um, and they talk about, like... They talk about, like, how do you turn Larry on? And so he starts to, like, rub her ears and do this stuff. And then they start kissing... And she's like, no, no, we can't do this. You're gay and you're married. Um, and she's just and he's just like, no, like, but but he hits me, <laughs> which is just like a totally tossed off thing. Um, the they get back. They get back to the place. Steve Buscemi is back playing uh, basketball with Kevin James's kids. Um, and he's still just like investigating stuff. Um at some point in here, we get, um, oh, that's right. The next scene is they, like, you know, things are frayed between Chuck and Larry. They're, like, the tensions are sort of coming to her head. Um, and they go to rescue a guy who's stuck in, like, a vent at a restaurant or, like, a chimney at a restaurant. Um, Dan Patrick, Sandler Squad member, is there uh, as the police chief. He says, sorry, I don't speak gay and ease, whatever. Um, and they have Adam Sandler and Kevin James have this big argument about like which the joke is that it sounds very much like a couple's argument where like like it big trailer moment at the end of this where Sandler's just like, all oh, those times you told those jokes and I was laughing, I was faking it. Mm -hmm. And Kevin James is like, You're a monster. <laughs> um The um They are really good together in this movie. Oh yeah, no, they're very funny. Um Aykroyd tells them that their shifts have been split up because the guys are uncomfortable, like, with them together, the firefighters. And so Kevin James has this big this, thing where he goes out to the he goes out to the uh, firefighter station. It's and his he, movie star moment. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, like, so were we, you know, like, were we, you know, F-words when, you know, pulled you, when Larry pulled you, when, I, when Chuck pulled you out on a broken leg, like, you know, when that happened. Oh, what about when he wrote you a check after you, like, lost your mortgage payment gambling, like... Oh, all that stuff, and it's like basically shames all these people and tells them like you know shame on you for for being so intolerant. Um, it kind of plays. <laughs> it, it plays well. Like, obviously, the whole setup setup of their situation is based on a lie and a silly premise for a main a comedy, but the movie like plays and it's it. James is chewing into this material beautifully. Uh, like it's a very like great like theatrically staged scene because it's just him going from person to person around this big room like they're all sitting on chairs and couch like hitting him hitting him hitting him like the whole thing is like well composed like 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 just like well composed like if it's like the heart and meat of this movie they 
nail it pretty yeah. well, I'd say. Um, and shames all of his uh, all of his uh, fellow firefighters quite quite well because uh, they come around pretty quickly. The um, so they go so Sandler uh, they, they 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 meet up back home. Kevin James, you know, they reconcile and he tells Sandler that he can sleep in the bed with him again. I um, like that. And Robert Smigel is watching, and he says, "Handle with care," <laughs> <laughs> like with tears in his eyes. Um, <laughs> so, um, be, uh, Jessica Biel calls them up, and is just like, "Hey, have you read the papers? The, the papers are saying that you, um, the papers are saying that you slept with sixteen women in the last like few in the last year or whatever." So they're they're going to court. Uh, they're going to have to prove, uh, you know, and uh, so. Oh, and before that, they march in a gay pride parade, like briefly to like shore up their bona fides. And I thought it was funny that they're both one of them's wearing a Miss Timberlake and one's wearing a, a Miss Pitt mm-hmm. shirt. And it's like, oh, Jessica Biel was already do- dating Justin Timberlake at that time. Like that's a that's a funny little shout out. Maybe I guess it- Jennifer Aniston would have been dating Brad Pitt. No, that it would have been Angelina Jolie at that point. Oh, okay. Um, Maybe JT was on set that day. And yeah, they were, and they were giving him a nod. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but then. Uh, Big courthouse scene. You know, how else was this movie going to end? Um, the firemen all show up to support Chuck and Larry. Um, <laughs> they also show up to support them. Um, Nicholas Turturro uh, asks uh, asks Adam Sandler, like, why did you pick Larry over? Or why, yeah, why did you pick Larry over me? And he's like, oh, no, he's just my type. Like, you're a 10. And Nicholas Turturro gets, like, really excited about it. <laughs> um uh, in in the courtroom scene itself, Richard Chamberlain, legendary screen actor, Richard Chamberlain plays like the main councilman. I believe he's a gay man in real life. Um, I believe that's why he's there. Okay, cool. Um, like why you would hire him for this movie? Um, otherwise, it seems kind of random. Um, but yeah, it's just like them being interviewed about their them being grilled over their relationship when they're asked like. And there's a funny bit where Sandler is like, "Oh, uh, Larry's favorite song is your." You're beautiful by James Blunt, and then he sort of sings it. And he's just like, "No, nah, that's a, that's a good song." <laughs> like, um, then uh, the daughter, uh, the daughter goes up on the stand and she talks about how much she likes having her two dads, and also she mentions that there are other animals in the animal kingdom that have gay relationships. Um, and uh, uh, let's see, uh, uh, oh yeah, Ving Rhames. Like comes out to everybody in the courtroom when he's just like, oh, from like another gay firefighter, you know, I, I got to say like what they've done is like so inspired me. And like, no, I guess like he had not come out to anyone else um, at that point. Um, and then uh, Ving, uh, Steve Buscemi uh, insists that Chuck and Larry kiss and they're uh, to prove that they are in love and they're about to do it. And then Dan Aykroyd sort of shows up and is just like, no, no, no. Like, sorry. Uh uh, they're not gay. I, I actually, honestly, that this was a weird part because I couldn't tell what I, 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 I'm sure it's extremely simple, but I couldn't tell exactly what Dan Aykroyd like, like why Dan Aykroyd just came in and just like sabotaged the whole thing. Like why not just like see if they get off or whatever. It's like he's like, oh, the, the, you know, the jig is up. But it's just like, wait, no, why? Why is it like? Um, I guess the movie trying... just needed to have that. And yeah. He's the only other person who knows. Um. But he's just like, oh, like I can't see two people claim to be something they're not or whatever. Um, yeah, what he actually says is, if these men are gay, then I'm a one-legged parrot. <laughs> Do you see me with a crutch and a cracker? Um, <laughs> le, um, and then Sandler gets up and has his big speech to the courtroom where he's like, you know, and this is obviously, this is like 
the least of the least that you could say. But in you know, for Adam Sandler movie in two thousand seven, he's like he says that you know, calling someone the f word like like that's a bad he's like that's a that's a bad word like saying like calling him uh k i k e or saying like uh, and Kevin James says um or like calling me a fat guy and there's this like interesting little aside where I'm saying like I didn't know that um I only say it because you say it and he's like yeah it's it's a little hurtful and it's just like oh interesting like again like the fact that they just like throw fat shaming in there yeah. too it's like that's weirdly like more progressive than you would you would imagine yeah. good because like oh that was cool it's like well you know it actually it actually hurts more than you, than you might imagine like oh okay um so then richard chamberlain is like unfortunately you broke the law so you will have to go to jail um and then all the um all the firefighters are like oh well, like you'll have to arrest us too because mm-hmm. uh you'll have to arrest us too because like we all knew um so they get thrown in jail and then uh, Richard Chamberlain comes up to them and is just like, hey, like, we'll drop the charges if you plead to, like, misdemeanor, like, no no jail time. Uh, and also if you, like, um, like if you help us out, like, the, because the city, need, like, there's an AIDS benefit and we think we could use your help. And then, oh, and this would have been helpful if I'd explained this earlier, but uh, – you we've seen earlier in the movie that there's a firefighter calendar, like where the firefighters are like stripping, like right. and uh, Sandler is Mr. Feb, Mr. February, I think February. Mr. February, Mr. February, um, like doing the sort of like the thing he does in Happy Gilmore, where he's got like the fire hose, like like it's his dick, like like sort of swinging in front of him. Um, so uh, cut to, um, the firefighters have helped the uh, the AIDS charity. Uh, by selling firefighting calendars, mm-hmm. uh, like like with them like scantily clad, um, we see we're back in uh, Rob Schneider's little chapel where Nick Swardson and Ving Rhames are getting married. Um, everyone is there, you know, pretty much every uh, you know every character we've met is is there. Call me dumb, I I don't know how I missed that Nick Swardson was Jessica Biel's brother. Right. I mean, that's they don't. I mean, they don't. They don't make too big a deal about yeah. that, aside from that, that Jessica Biel is at the wedding at the end. Um, Lance Bass is singing there. Lance Bass of NSYNC fame. Um, Beale, uh, Jessica Biel and Adam Sandler sort of speak, and they realize that they're both still wearing the bracelets that they made for each other, um, and they dance together, and the camera pulls out of Niagara Falls. Um, all is right with the world. Um, Chuck and Larry have... Uh, Made it, I guess. I don't know. Learned a lot about each other and themselves. They've learned so much about all these things. Um, so, yeah, that's I Now Pronounce You, Chuck and Larry. Um, I think, basically, we, we got to wrap it up here in a minute. Um, I do think that this is a... a I was very pleasantly... Th- th- this goes in the pile with 50 First Dates as a movie where I was dreading rewatching it. Because mm-hmm. I had like memories of watching it and not liking it. And then actually sitting down and rewatching it, I'm like, oh! you know what like i don't know if it's stockholm syndrome or whatever but it's like i i was like oh like i actually really really enjoyed this um and as far as as far as like how it's aged or how it hasn't aged i think that for me the biggest way that it has if you were to say that it's aged poorly the Mm -hmm. the one thing that i can put my finger on and it's something that apparently I read. This was in the Alexander Payne draft. And today, I don't even think Al- I don't even think Adam Sandler would balk at this nowadays. Um, having him and Kevin James kiss, like if they yeah. had, if they had actually kissed at the end of the movie, they wouldn't even have to be gay. 
but like just having them kiss at the end would have been more of a like like I think the movie it's it's so weird to say but I do think the movie almost needs that emotionally it like does. if they had like like even if they're just friends if they just like made out at the end yeah. and then like kind of gone their separate like like been like okay but like we're not that like we're great friends and we made out and we're not ashamed of that but like that's not what it is like I get that you have Ackwood coming in and kind of like being like hey guys no like uh or like, you could have had him come in after they kissed. After the <laughs> because, like, like, I understand how, like, dramatically, like, like, you need, like, the truth to be revealed because they are deceiving people and, like, that needs to come to a head. But them not having, like, they, like, like them not kissing seems like a cop out. And, and that, that actually, that, that more than anything else feels like the thing that's dated. I was like, oh, y'all are, like, acting like, ha- like, having a smooch is like tantamount to like sex yeah yeah like, they're just like, <laughs> like, you know whatever and they make a big moment of them walking to the courthouse like holding hands right it's like that's their pda moment that's like whoa shit. yeah yeah and i do i i know that i'm sure their calculation was unfortunately correct in 2007 that you know sandler's fans at the time would have been like ooh, gross like if they if they'd kissed or whatever but i just think back on it's a different circumstance but i just think back on that amazing moment at the end of basketball where matt Stone and trey parker just start just make full-blown make out for like like 10 seconds and it's just like and it adds nothing to the movie (laughs) and it's like oh okay i guess it's just something they thought would be cool if they did um but yeah, so uh, ultimately, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to give thumbs up to I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Um, what what can you do? I'm only human. It's 2020. World War Three is about to start. I like yeah. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry for sure. Um, yeah, you can put this on like the pleasant surprise, especially after like always kind of hearing the worst of this movie to sit down and watch and be like, okay, yeah, I get why people would come into this with trepidation and maybe even come out of it with trepidation. Um, I am, you know, I, as you know, I'm coming from obviously the straight white, uh, male bias here, but, and especially again, grading on, on like the Dennis Dugan curve. Like I'm surprised by like how like well made this movie was like, it looks good. It was clearly like made with care. And I think the James Sandler chemistry here is undeniable I, the movie has a lot of charm and sincerity to it like that's the thing too like i i was dreading something that was like lazy and mean yeah exactly this isn't mean which i think is like that i think i think that's the word that i hadn't hit on yeah, yeah. and it's not it's stupid but it's not mean and because his movies can be mean they can and be. this is not a mean no not a mean film not at all not at all so i would chuck that to be a uh Definitely in the pleasantly surprised pile, and uh, yeah, um, I I had fun watching it today. I, I yeah, what can I say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think it's uh, enjoyable. The, I th- I feel like we're hitting that stride where he's starting to hit two hours with practically every one of these, mm-hmm. where it does have just like dragging points, right? But, but overall, yeah, I was kind of pleasantly surprised going into. It. I was like, ooh, yeah. Like I had to like warn uh, my girlfriend while watching it, being like. I don't know how this will be. Might and I would be one like, of his better ones. Yeah, yeah, like she came out on it. Like she was like laughing along with it and was also like surprised because I think she also had heard like the yeah the backstory of I it. Mean, this movie doesn't. No one talks about this movie. Like even among Sandler fans, it's kind of just like the like ooh that was the gay marriage one. Yeah. You know, like back in the day, the like, Rob Schneider shit needs to be removed like a tumor. Yeah, the rest of it. Feels like a time capsule of of 07, but not in a bad way. If we can get Zack Snyder to come in and just cut out, (laughs) and just cut out uh, Rob Schneider, and then we can release the Snyder cut. Boom. Um, 
So real, real, real fast. We've mentioned most of them, but we'll just do a quick uh, rundown of the categories. Of course, slumming love interest. We've got the lovely Jessica Biel, uh, you know, made her bones on Seventh Heaven, uh, you know, became a movie star with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Um, this is very, uh, I mean, it's, this is probably her highest grossing movie. Um, she's very, she's, she's, she's a winning, she's a winning presence. Obviously she's a beautiful woman. Um, it's it, a, it's a kind of like an absurd role that she's playing here. Uh, yes. Very much male fantasy. Um, yes. so that's like, like, so like the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, Oh, you know what? Good for you for putting up with this nonsense. Certain of her reactions don't make sense. And yeah, yeah, that's where the male fantasy of it comes in. Um, product placement watch, I have got, and as always, remind me uh, if if uh, if I'm missing anything. Um, but I've got... Uh, God damn it, why I bolted these? Betty Crocker, Hooters, <laughs> um, Adidas because he's wearing the Adidas track suit. He's also wearing the Under Armour shirts a lot. Like, eh, it's kind of an edge case for product placement, but still. Um, Ragu. Um, Gatorade. Uh, da, 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 da. Two Men in a Truck. Budweiser. Uh, Crisco. KY Jelly. Um, what am I missing? I think that's, that's all I got. I think. Was Trojan? No. Trojan one. Trojan's one. Yeah, Trojan. There's like a bowl of condoms. Yes, mm-hmm. where they do the Dugan zoom in again. Oh, yeah, right. that's right. Tr- the, uni- uh, the the United States Postal Service. Uh, for sure. Yeah, the United States Postal Service. <laughs> um, and then Sandler Squad. Big up for the Sandler Squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan Lawfren, Peter Dante, Nick Turturro, Kevin James, Michael Buscemi, Steve Buscemi, Gary Ra- Valentine, Rachel Dratch, Rachel Dratch. Um, Jackie Sandler, Jackie Sandler, Alan Covert, Robert Smigel, Dan Aykroyd, and a blink or like miss it a bit. Judy, as in Stan yeah. and Judy's kid, right. uh, shows up as this woman chasing the um, like the fire truck, being like, "Oh, it's Mister February." That's Judy Sandler, Adam's mom. Um, Rob Schneider, of course. Blake Clark. Um, uh, Dave Matthews. Uh, Dave Matthews. Um, and then you get, of course, you you know this happens occasionally where it's like like. I look to see like Rob Corddry hasn't been in another one. I don't think. Oh yeah. Um, but like, like I saw him, I was like, that's probably Sandler Squad. No. <laughs> um, oh, Dan Patrick. Mm-hmm. Dan Patrick, who has weirdly been in like fifteen Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> it's insane. Like when I looked him up, I was like, wait a minute, we've missed we've missed him a couple of times. Like uh, mentioning him. Um, but see, product placement. did you get David Spade? Oh right, David Spade. Yeah. Yeah. So David Spade, Sandler Squad, and I believe and Nick Swartzen. I didn't. I don't remember if I said Nick Swartz. Yeah, well. So, yeah. I mean, I said it in the episode, right, but not right. this roundup. Um, it's definitely a family affair this time around. Absolutely. Like, yeah. um, so, that does it for our, uh, our review of I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry. I think we're all, uh, like, happy to be pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. about this one. Um, so, tune in next time for a movie that hopefully there won't be any surprises because I think we all really like this movie. Uh you don't mess with the Zohan. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very exciting one. That's one that much more than this. Like this one has like a dedicated fan base um, amongst Sandler fans. Um, and yeah, I'm very excited to to talk further about that one. That's a weird one. Um, much to discuss. Um, weirdly thematically ambitious um, mm-hmm. for uh, Happy Madison movies. Uh, and I can't wait to talk about it. Um so be sure to be on the lookout for that. Go see Uncut Gems if you haven't seen it. Um, 
pray to whatever God you pray to that uh, Adam Sandler will get an Oscar nomination. This will probably get released after that, so it'll be irrelevant. But uh, if he is not nominated, then you didn't pray hard enough. <laughs> um, and that's how that works. Um, <laughs> so I think that about does it for us. Anything else? No? no. All right. So with uh, without further ado, I am Wilson Smith. This is Chris Giles. And Austin Colt. And tune in next time for the next episode of the Billy Gilmore podcast.